Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has... Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. couple of tickets to give away to see the Jays and the Royals on July 14th, but I'm not going to do it right now. What's this? Oh. It's just some players being named to the serious XM All-Star Futures game at the All-Star game, which is still, to me, the best part of the uh, All-Star game is the Futures game. Um mm. But it was, I just I thought perhaps it was there was a Blue Jays prospect, but it wasn't. Uh, it is Blair and Barker for a Wednesday. Reminder that today's first pitch is an, it's an afternoon game. It's a 3.07 first pitch. We will be on with uh, Blue Jays talk immediately following the game. And here's hoping that Jose Barrios can go five or six. Huh? Jeez, uh, be quiet. Go six or seven. I can't wait to see uh, Trent Thornton taking his jacket off. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't even want to look. Every 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 time they they pan the camera down to the bullpen, you know the same guy is taking his jacket off every single time. James Caprellian starts for the A's. He's one and five with an ERA of five forty three. So he'll go six and he's a third. got the Jays. Ex- he, he the Jays are, he's got them exactly where he, where he <laughs> wants them to be. Do we have Morosi? We do. Let's bring in John Paul Morosi, uh, the MLB Network. Mr. Morosi, liven up things. That we, we're a little... We send positivity. Uh, yeah, we need, positivity. Oh, our, we our, need some our, bad. Our daubers are down a little bit here after <laughs> after uh, being you say Kikuchi uh, last night. Uh, you know, it it's was a, a thing little, in Toronto. It's a thing. It is. I'm it serious. Is. It's uh, it's a... Uh, yeah, getting getting kikuchi is a thing here. Uh, it's... 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 It's not good. So so make make us feel better, John. Make us feel better. You always do, but make us feel better today. Well, good morning, uh, Jeff and Kevin. Uh, I, I always appreciate the, the conversations that we have. And, and, yes, I would say this. To begin our conversation this morning, a quick reminder, playoffs began today. Blue Jays would be in it. So however imperfect they may seem right now, they are still a playoff team. Now, not as comfortably as they might have been a month or so ago. Uh, and the, the worries about the rotation are real, whether it's Barrios, whether it's Kikuchi. Uh, obviously, Ryu's health and, and that, that void in the rotation is significant. So there, there are some real issues to work through, but I still think the foundation of this organization and, and the roster is strong enough that with some tender love and care at the trade deadline, which is now less than a month away, this will ultimately still be a playoff team for the Blue Jays. Do we know, John, or did you have a read on whether the expanded playoff format is going to make for a more active trade market or a less active trade market? Do we, do we 
you know, have, is, is there enough out there right now that we can at least begin to formulate what, what the reaction might be on the part of teams? You know, Jeff, it's a really interesting question. And I think uh, a couple things. Uh, number one, the number of teams that are clearly out of it and clearly ready to sell is probably a little lower than it would normally be in another year. But by the same token, you've got some teams that might might have been on the bubble in the past. I'm looking at Philadelphia, for example, mm-hmm. that, that now has a, a legitimate enough chance to make the playoffs that they could go out there and get an Andrew Benintendi or a Brian Reynolds from Pittsburgh and feel like it's a reasonable move to make based on where they're at in the standing. So I think for me, Jeff, the, the overriding more so than what the playoff format is, is just the quality of players available. And I, I would say that on, on the pitching side of things, unless we see the Diamondbacks listen on some of their more controllable arms or unless Miami really puts a Pablo Lopez out there, to me, there's not a ton of, like, Max Scherzer a year ago type arms available where there's going to be a frenzy for, oh, my gosh, I want to get a pitcher and he's going to start game one for me. That's my question. Who, who out there is going to start who out there that you're going to get on August 2nd would start game one for you? If it's game three uh, or game four, the, the tricky part about game four is that in the first round, there is no game four. Right. So, You'd better be sure that that the guy you're bringing in is quality. I think a really interesting test case is going to be Jose Quintana of Pittsburgh, who I would expect with with the Blue Jays' situation as it is right now and not only their needs but also how well Ross Atkins knows Ben Charrington in Pittsburgh and how far they go back, that that with the struggles of the Jays' lefties or, in the case of Ryu, the injury – that Quintana, whose who's last start was very good, I think he is someone that, again, not the hugest name, but he's been in the playoffs before and I think could serve a really good role uh, for a club. Maybe not, a, maybe not starting game one or two, but I think what I would say about the Jays right now is that their issue is, is in the case of Barrios, as we talked about pitching today, again, this is not just about one person, but the reality is when you're paying someone what you're paying Barrios, you need him to pitch like that spot in the rotation. And when he pitches more often than not, like a, like a fourth or a fifth starter in terms of how deep he's getting into the game and the quality he's giving you, it sort of jumbles up the entire picture of the rotation. And then you compound that with Ryu not being healthy and Kikuchi having a hard time throwing strikes last night. Uh, You have the quandary that the Jays face themselves with right now. Did we lose JP? No, he's still there. Oh, JP. Okay, okay. Listening to you talk there, just doesn't sound like the quality of arms will be out there for the Blue Jays. They don't need arms. They need quality arms. Would flip it on the other right. side. Is there any chance that you think a Josh Bale, a Brian Reynolds, uh, Re- Reynolds? You mentioned Andrew Benintendi. We better chance of the Jays getting one of those three guys. Maybe, maybe you go offensive heavy, just because there's not a ton of quality arms that the Jays can go out and get. You know, I think it's a fair question, Kevin. But for me, I guess I would say, number one, yes, whether it's Bell in, in, in Washington, uh, there may be some other uh, bats out there and available 
Uh, I think the Angels are a team that's probably trending toward being a, a seller because of how much they've struggled, whereas I think the Mariners are now going to be a buyer. Uh, I, I do think there are some, some bats out there. But I, I would say this on, on Toronto. This is a team that they're supposed to hit. They're, and and whether or not you want to maybe add in, and I think Ben Intendi for, for a long time has been a really good fit for Toronto because I, I do think that they're just so right-handed that, that bringing in a, a lefty and all, all the bats you mentioned are either switch hitters or, or lefty bats. Uh, I think that that concept, I think, makes some sense. But I would also say this is a team that needs needs to address their, their pitching. I, I think you look at the standard the Yankees have set and the Astros. And, and again, making the playoffs is important, and I think it's something the Jays have as a noble goal. But the standard right now in the American League is can you beat the Astros or the Yankees in a seven-game series? And if you can't, you're not going to be good enough because those are the two best teams. And so how, how close are the Jays to being able to beat those teams in a seven-game series? And what, and what I would tell you is that from having watched both of those teams up close this year at different times, just in my work and, and, and traveling and, and covering a lot of, you know, a lot of AL East games that I've seen the Astros play the Red Sox, I've seen the Astros play the Yankees, these teams just absolutely dominate mediocre pitching. Yeah. And they make you pay. When you make mistakes, either when you walk guys or make mistakes in the field, they crush you. And I, I just think that w- when you look at the Jays, they make too many mistakes to be able to beat these teams in a seven-game series. And so, uh, for me, I, I would say I think one of the some of the brighter spots of the team this year, like, like I love what Espinal has become. Like, Espinal is the kind of player – that helps you win a playoff series. I know that we don't talk about him as much as we probably should, but he's a really good baseball player. And the Jays have plenty of talent. What I want to know is how good are they going to be in October at executing? And that is, that is the type of baseball that you have to play to win. But you cannot lose games like you lost last night to a non-contending Oakland team by making mistakes in basically every aspect of the game. You just That's not a sustainable way to win and so I, I think the Jays they're not they're not one player away from beating the Yankees or the Astros they're probably two or three away yep. and so I think this is where the front office guys for me has to decide okay are we about making it to the World Series this year and I think that will determine do you trade do Moreno's been up to the major leagues already we've seen what he brings but you have three major league catchers like almost zero teams in baseball have three of them. A lot of teams have, candidly, zero. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you look? How do you look at that? And to me, that's where the Jays have the ability to move one of those three and and bring back a starter, maybe even a bat. But I think they're going to have to be creative because just the, the notion of prospect trade for starter. I just I'm not sure that that formula is going to work that well uh, for the Jays right now. Uh, JP, you mentioned trade value. What do you, what do you think the trade value is for Teoscar Hernandez this year? I I, I think not not terribly at least relative to where it was at the end of last year. It's certainly not as high as it was last year. I mean, he's still a legitimate bat. Obviously, he's not put together the full season health related uh, and, and otherwise that the Jays might expect. But I think that's a really good idea and a good concept, Kevin, because 
I, I like where your thought process is there because this is a, a year where there might be some trades between contenders, contender to contender. Mm-hmm. And, and Teoscar, for me, there's, there's some redundancy there. I think w- w- when the Jays struggle, their at-bats start to look the same because they're right-handed and, and there's not a whole lot of shortening up to put the ball in play necessarily. And I think Teoscar helps. He's a legitimate corner outfit or major league bat, and at times he's a star-level player. But they, they might have too many players who do sort of the same things that he does that you look around and say, you know what, there might be a team that's kind of left-handed dominant that needs a righty bat that, that he would help more, and maybe they have an extra uh, pitching piece on their team who could help the Jays out. I, I love that, that thought process, Kevin, and I think that might be uh, one of the ways the Jays could actually get something done, whether it's moving him, moving one of the catchers. I think that might be the best way for them to, to address the multiple, and I stress multiple, mm-hmm. areas that need the Jays have right now. John, really good insight. Uh, thanks stuff. so much for your time. Yeah, it's uh, it is. I, I think you're you're dead on. I mm-hmm. I you know a month ago I would have thought okay maybe this team is a big bullpen arm away from taking a run at the big boys, but having just having spent a lot of time watching the Astros in the past month, and of course seeing the Yankees whenever they play the Jays. Yeah, you're you're right. I mean the 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 Astros and Yankees are on a different are on a different level. They really are. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think you're right. I mean, it's going to, for me, it would take a huge upset yeah. as we sit right now for for the ALCS to not be Astros, Yankees, and that's the challenge right now before the Blue Jays. Yeah. Thanks, John. Be Great well. Job. Thank you. All the best, guys. Thank you. Thanks so much. John Morosi of the MLB Network. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez, by the way, as a reminder, is under club control for two more years in addition to this. Uh, he 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 mentioned the Pablo Lopez thing, or and, one more year arbitration. It's one more year, one more year. Sorry, yeah. Uh, he mentioned the Pablo and Lopez thing, and if if the Marlins, if you wanted to sweeten the pot, uh, whoever you wanted to add to Teoscar Hernandez, it wouldn't be straight up. You would have to add pieces to get a Pablo Lopez. But if you wanted to sweeten the pot, because they need power outfielders, right? If you wanted to sweeten the pot, maybe it would start with him and whoever else you would have to give up. Because I'm, I'm with you. It seems like you're listening to Ned, you listen to JP. The Blue Jays are going to have to go big to, to even make a splash here. Yeah, and, and I'm just not sure right now if it's realistic for them to go big. I just don't. I just don't know if you if you look at big picture and you look at the two behemoths. That's kind of what is I'm, it even worth it? That's that's sort of what I've been saying for for a while. The 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 thing. It's hard to hear. Well, the it thing is hard to hear. The thing we don't know is, uh, you know, we we don't we don't know what we know what our expectations are for the Blue Jays. We know what the fan base's expectations are for the Blue Jays. We know what Mark Shapiro's expectations are for the Blue Jays. I don't know what the like, the people who really poke and prod and inside this team and know the guts of this team. I don't necessarily know what they're honest, and nor should I. What what their honest expectations are for this team. And I also don't really, I, I think I know what ownership's expectations are. Ownership wants this team, you know, thinks this team is good enough to go to go to the World Series. I mean, they're, they're basically going along with what, with what Marcus said. Uh, those are some pretty high expectations. You know, clearly uh, it's, it's an organization that has spent a ton of money op, considering that this is the first year they've been able to have full attendance for a couple of years. Uh, it's an organization that's invested invested a lot of money, and you know it's entirely possible that ownership is thinking differently 
than the front office here. And that's, that's a balance that has to be struck. But again, I, I, I look at where the Jays are and in some ways, I think the focus should be on making a deal, something like the Barrios deal last year, where you get a guy mm. and you have realistic expectations of being able to retain that person for a couple of years. In other words, you're not just going out to add an arm to help you this year. If you add Pablo Lopez, for example, this year, he's helping you this year. He's going to make you better this year. He's also going to make you better next year because we've already said mm-hmm. there's nobody in the organization that's going to come up next year and 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 make the starting rotation. See, I disagree with you. I, I think just going out and adding an arm who's going to give it to you every five days is not good enough now. No, but uh, that's what that's what I think. I, I I understand what you're saying by years, but the quality of the stuff now that you need to well, see yeah, has I'm, to go up. But I'm looking. I, I'm saying. I'm saying. I'm talking about a guy like Pablo Lopez. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about a guy who's going to be who, who's going to be years one of your of control plus stuff. Yeah, like the just the stuff just jumps yeah, off the I, charts I mean, at you. You know, I I I don't want another project. Um, I, I I just don't. I. I, I don't even know if I want a Taiwan Walker or Robbie Ray type of guy. I, I'd prefer somebody that was a little more settled than that. Somebody that could come in and I wouldn't have to look at overhauling, look at, at, at overhauling their delivery or, or something like that. But, you know, that's, a, that's I mean, the Jays are going to have to add another starting pitcher here at some point before next season starts, whether it's now the offseason or whenever. They're, they're, they're going to have to add that because there's nobody internally. Thomas Hatch, Anthony Kane, none of those guys are going to be in your rotation next year. Nate Pearson, you can't count on Nate Pearson at this point. Oh. Nate Pearson is whatever he is at, 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 at this point. That's, that's the way you look at it. You can't plan to have Nate Pearson as part of your, as, as he's, as, as part of your rotation or, or anything next year. So you have to assume that you are going to need to add an elite arm. And if you can do that now, it's not going to, it's certainly not, not going to hurt your team, and and um, yeah, I, I would. Uh, I, I think. I think you may need to be. The front office may need to be a little, maybe a little less surgical at the trade deadline. There, there may have to be some heavier lifting to be done with an eye towards setting things up for next year, as well. Because I just don't know what. I don't know what you're realistically what you're playing for this year. I I really don't. Realistically, did you think starting this season that we would be going into a third game of an Oakland series no. thinking about the Blue Jays getting swept? No. They won they've won ten games at home. And, and Two I, of those are the Blue Jays. This yeah. year. And and I certainly wouldn't be thinking that we'd be sitting here wondering what Jose Barrios was going to give us to prevent prevent the uh prevent the sweep. But that is, in fact, where we are. I have a uh, couple of tickets to give away to the July 14th game against the Kansas City Royals. We've been giving you and are giving you a chance to win Blue Jays tickets all season long here in Blair and Barker, whether you listen to the radio or on our podcast. All you have to do is text the correct answer to our daily baseball trivia question to 590-590. Yesterday, we asked you, who is the only Phillies player to hit more than 50 home runs in a season? It's Mr. Barker's good friend, Ryan Howard who hit 58 in 2006. Whoa. This one is easy. 58 was the number? Yeah. Man. This one is easy. That's a lot of big ones. Today's question, again, to win tickets to see the Jays and Royals down at the Rogers Center on Thursday, July 14th. Which Royals pitcher led the American League in saves five times? I, 
I, I would have got, well, I mean, I got it. I would have got gotten it right away. Mm. Which Royals pitcher led the American League in saves five times? Text the answer to 590-590 for your shot to win. See rules at sportsnet.ca slash 590. It's a good trivia question, but it's... Folks of a certain age will, uh, will, will, will get this bang right out of the gate. Mm. And, and by certain age, I think, I think probably, people, probably people 40, 45 or over would, uh, would, get this, would get this dude. Let's just see if anybody's weighed in. Bingo. Yeah. That's what I thought. I, I know your age. Uh, the people who are texting, I can tell your age by how quickly you came in with the right answer. You tell when you, you watch You made me baseball. laugh, which is very hard to do today. Why? Just because this, uh, this, this conversations that we've had today hasn't been the easiest conversations. I've been fine. I mean, it's, it's not, it's not been, it's, I know, I know they're still in a playoff spot and, Sometimes you, you you think things can be worse off than what they actually are. Uh, but, a, man, we, we, we were sort of talking about this team this way when they were 10 games above five. There's hours. a ton of base. Well, hey, we be, because, because you could see this. I mean, it's not like it's not like this snuck up on anybody. It's not like we woke up this morning and said, you know what? They got issues in the bullpen, and you say Kikuchi hasn't been very good. I mean, this this is... This has been a a long running theme with this team, and it has. It's and it's 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 certainly not the first time that we've come on or other people have come on and said, "What the hell did he do with this guy? Just stick him in the bullpen and forget about him." We've been talking about that for. Oh, there's no question. We've been now. talking about that for a couple of weeks. Uh, there's no question now. It's no, not a it's, conversation anymore. That the frustrating thing with this is, mm-hmm. is 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 this is it's like rinse and repeat. We know the bullpen's not good enough. That's not going to change. Nobody in that bullpen is going to get better. They're just not. There's nothing to suggest that they're going to get better, that they aren't what they already are. They did score three runs yesterday. Yeah. And they do have a bunch of guys hitting 255, 250. Nobody cares about batting average. Do you, do you care? No, but it's I'm saying. How hard but, you hit the baseball, even if it's an out. Yeah, but you know what? When I'm sorry. When you play every day. And yeah, at some point I do start looking at your. There you at go. some point I do start looking at your batting Welcome average. Welcome back, Jeff. No, just at, at some point I do. Uh, but uh, two tens, two tens, Jeff. No way. No matter how you spin it. But again, I, I, you know, the offense is. Well, anyhow, if 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 we, if next week. When's the All Star break? It's the week if after they get next swept week. Today and they score. They don't score more than three yeah. runs. I don't huh. know about I don't know about reading too much into one game or one series, but I would say if if by the middle of next week things are still they're kind of wobbling, I, I think you really you really have to take a look at what this team is all about, and it's it's just it's possible this lineup's not good enough. It's possible the lineup's not good enough. There there are a whole bunch of questions I think we we need to at least contemplate right now that um, you know that that needs to be we better had constructed. To Needs to be some tougher outs sprinkled in that lineup. Jeff Passan of ESPN has written a terrific article on uh, essentially the, 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 the disappearance of the starting pitcher or perhaps the change in expectations for starting pitchers. It's based on an interview he had with Alec Manoa. Not surprisingly, Alec Manoa begs to differ with a lot of 
the things that are being said about starting pitchers right now and the way starting pitchers are being used. Um, maybe it's just, you know, the friskiness of youth, the feeling as though he's a big, strong guy, he's a young guy, the world's his oyster, et cetera, et cetera. You don't believe you're good, nobody else will. But it's it's interesting reading the article. You hope that at some point the game doesn't break Alec Manoa. You hope at some point he doesn't lose the stuff that makes him Alec Manoa. We'll talk to Jeff Passan about that. We'll get the Barker's back leg bits. It's Blair and Barker, a post-you-say Kikuchi start edition on Sportsnet 590, The Fan 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. The smartest takes on the biggest stories in sports. The Fan Drive Time with Ben Ennis and Stephen Brunt. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Push the mic on button, Blair. Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590 The Fan 360, wherever you get your favorite podcast. As we continue the uh, post, you say Kikuchi. There it went. There it went. Well, there's the stats. There's a lot of stuff being tossed around this this room today. And anyhow, 337 is the first pitch today. Jose Barrios. I can't believe I'm saying this. Jose Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays. Looking to avert a sweep at the hand of the Oakland Athletics. That's crazy to even say out loud. Yeah. It really is. It's embarrassing. But Sorry. That, that is. I know it's sports and anything can happen, but man. Well, just because anything yeah. can happen doesn't mean anything should happen. I yeah. guess is the way I would put it. Uh, our friend Jeff Passan of ESPN joins us now and uh, mr passan has a uh, an article on the uh on the espn website about uh a topic he is well a lot of people spend a great deal of time talking about but he's done deeper dives into it than than a lot of people uh the decline of the starting pitcher and what it means for baseball's future which is something jeff thanks so much for joining us you know the, the article it the article is great first of all alec Minot is a, is a terrific subject to hang it on but the, the one thing that I, I like is we spend a lot of time talking about what has happened to the starting pitcher. This article kind of takes it beyond that into what it means because it, it's one thing to look at something and go, boy, this is, you know, this is going in a certain direction and I'm not certain I'm comfortable with this, and then advancing that and saying, okay, what could happen if it keeps going this way? And, and logic would indicate that you could end up with, you know... A, the idea of a starting pitcher is a guy who goes three innings or, or, or four innings. I don't think anybody wants it to go that way, but the, the numbers in the game kind of, they kind of suggest it's moving in that direction, don't they? There, there are a few elements at play here, Jeff. And uh, listen, I could talk about this for hours because I think it's a really fascinating debate uh, about logic versus emotion, about, efficiency versus entertainment. But to, to answer your first question there, believe them when they tell you what they're doing. Mm-hmm. When, when the Tampa Bay Rays put Sergio Romo out there on May 19th, 2018 to start the game with one inning, 
it's not because they are going to attract thousands and thousands more fans than they do already because they're doing something novel. It's because it's something that they believe in and they're going to beta test in real time. Um, when the average start since 2015 drops from right around six innings to 5.15 innings, uh, this is not an accident. This is teams executing what they believe gives them the best chance of winning a baseball game, and that's going with a bunch of power relievers who come in for one inning at a time and are the burst guys of the sport. They, they come in, they throw extremely hard, they spin the ball really well, and they shut down offenses by and large. And so uh, all, all of these trends, there's no reason to reverse them unless they stop working, and they haven't stopped working yet. But the, the question that this gets to, even if something works, even if it's more effective in the game for an individual team, is it what's best for the sport? And I think there's a compelling argument, and I try to make it, that it's the antithesis of what's best for the sport, that what's best for the sport long-term is not sitting here you know, on my porch chewing on a Werther's original and saying, uh, hey, kids, get out of here. Life was better back when I was – no. It, you know, the starting pitcher is baseball's one real opportunity to have – uh, a marquee person who's a through line through the game who, you know, doesn't come up once every nine times, but who's there and who's writing this narrative of, of trying to grind through the difficulty that is 27 outs. Yeah. It's, you know, you point out as well, the average minor league start this season is four and two thirds. I'm sorry, 4.23 innings. Uh, yeah. Don't six. give them more. Don't give them more credit than they're due now. <laughs> yeah, well, no, but I'm just saying, but, you know, six of 120 teams in the minor leagues use their starters for more than five innings per start. I, yeah, I, I mean, when, when when you look at it, and, and I mean, to me, this gets, I mean, one of the things about baseball is, you know, John Lowe, our dear friend, used to talk about it. And the thing that separates baseball from everything else is, you know, the defense has pose- possession of the ball and the first act in yeah. baseball is a negative act. It's me preventing you from trying to, create any action and and if you take if you take the guy if you take the pitcher authors the game and if you put a restriction on how long that pitcher is going to be able to write the game story i I mean i i know i'm mixing things there but yeah it takes away from the entertainment it well it really does here's see here's here's one of my biggest issues with it too this was all done ostensibly with the idea of keeping pitchers healthier, right? Um, you know, pitchers throughout history have gotten hurt. And we, we can go and romanticize all we want, the era in which pitchers were completing every game. But the, the reality is the, the detritus that left behind was staggering. So what's the natural inclination if you believe that doing something too much is a bad thing? You do it less. Four-man rotations moved to five-man rotations. Pitch counts, which didn't exist back in the day, go from 140 to 120 to 100 to underneath 100, all with the idea that this incredibly valuable thing that we have, the pitcher, the starting pitcher especially, we want to keep him healthy. But the problem with that is it doesn't work that way. The less guys have to throw, the harder 
and more max effort, they want to throw. And because of that, you know, studies have been done that max effort pitching is just as, if not more dangerous than going for long outings. And you have an entire generation of pitchers, not just at the big league level, Jeff, but down in the minor leagues, down in college, in youth baseball. I see it in 14U baseball with my child. They want to throw hard, and they want to throw hard and go max effort because that is what's modeled for them at the big leagues. And so if, if for nothing else, if you want to model proper behavior, uh, I, I think the idea of modeling getting quick outs, uh, inducing contact, weak contact, and having balls in play just makes for a much better and more entertaining game than the three true outcomes version we've got right now. How about change the rule changes? You eliminate the shift. You need guys on the mound who can locate, who can add and subtract. Yep. Uh, will yep. that change the mindset? The automated strike zone, I'm assuming that would have something to do with now all of a sudden you're throwing to quadrants instead of, or rephrase that, you're pitching two quadrants instead of just throwing the baseball as hard as you can. Will that get them off a thought process? Great question. And I I bring this up in the story. Maybe the pitch clock and the shift and robo-umps are going to be enough to whet the appetite of owners. Maybe they're more concerned with the pace of game and the time of game than they are this notion of creating stars and having central characters. But I I don't think the things necessarily have to be mutually exclusive. I think you can have your cake and eat it too. And I think if you bring all of these elements in and put in a, a double hook for the DH, which is when you take your starting pitcher out of the game, uh, the designated hitter comes with him. And, and especially, and this was you know Theo Epstein's idea, limit the number of pitchers you can have rostered on the big league staff at, at any point. You start off by limiting it to 12. Hopefully, over time, as pitchers realize that they do need to pitch to contact more, that there's a priority and an emphasis placed on getting deeper into games, that number can go down to 11 and I think if you have an 11-man staff with a double hook, no shift, a pitch clock, and maybe a challenge system via robo in place, that to me is about as ideal a modern baseball game as you can get. And I think MLB is close to getting there where they would be emphasizing creating these stars, especially on the starting pitching end, but still having more action and a better pace in the game, and that would take advantage of the, the incredible athleticism and skill that already exists and that we see even with this squad game every day. The, the conversation with Manoa is terrific. Um, oh, he's so good. Can, can, I just, can I just come out and say yeah. you guys are so lucky that he's in Toronto. Like he's a, he is a dude. He is, you know, some of the stories I didn't, I didn't include in the piece because they, they just didn't fit. But there was, there was one anecdote in particular. And I was talking with, with a Blue Jays player and he was like, ask Manel about the bus ride in Miami. And it's very early in Alec Manel's career. And it's four o'clock in the morning and the Jays have just gotten into Miami and everyone's kind of tired and a little bit loopy. And I, I, it might have been George Springer. I don't remember who it was, but somebody 
hands Alec Manoa the microphone on the bus and says, give us a tour. And Manoa does like 20 minutes of stand-up uh, about all the weird things in Miami. He's like, hey, you see that bridge over there? That's the, the guy who uh, had bath salt and, and gnawed his own face off. And, and just doing like things that are, that are endearing himself to, to these teammates who, you know, when, when you come up and, and you're a top prospect, um, it can it can be a lonely situation because yeah. the people are expecting you to perform and produce instantaneously. And while he did that, there's a lot of pressure. No, he he is immune to pressure. And you know when when I was looking for a central character for this story, he made a lot of sense. Not just because his performance has been great, but because it's abundantly clear he wants to be the guy who is a workhorse and who yeah. wants to go deep into games. And man, to have that mentality and that attitude—it's rare these days. He's a—he is a special baseball player. Do you think? Do you think that? Because we are going to get to the point. We've had this conversation in the show. The innings are mounting up here. Do you think, as as you know, as big as Alec Manoa is, all that stuff? Do Do you think when push comes to shove, like what would that discussion be like between him and Ross Atkins late in the year? You know, Alec, we want to back you off a bit, maybe. Uh, what do you think? I, I, I would I would love I would love to see Ross Atkins try and push and shove Alec Manoa. Yeah. <laughs> that would be a very that would be a very amusing thing. I. Look, um, he he said they're looking at. This is what Alec Manoa said. They're looking out for me. Um, they have my uh, they they have the best intentions and they have my future in mind. And so he believes in what the Blue Jays process is, and he, and he recognizes that they want nothing more than for him to stay healthy. But he's also of the, the, you know, I'll be damned if you're going to take me off this mound. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's put it this way. The Blue Jays' approach with him has been, we're saving you for later. So if they save him for later, but don't cash it in when later arrives, Mm -hmm. there there would obviously and and understandably be frustration. If the Blue Jays are saving him for later, then uh, they, they should execute on that plan and unleash him at a time when the games are even more important, when the innings are even higher leverage. Yeah. And it's a, it's a fascinating story. He of course renewed with the blue Jays. Didn't uh, quote unquote come to terms with them. Um, on, yeah, on, it know. happens. Oh, it happens. But I, I, you know, I also, and, and I said at the time, Hey, I, he did it and Bo did it. And I love it when players do that, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. You know, this is kind of setting the table for arbitration. I don't agree with your evaluation of me. Good on you. That, that's the way I look at it. And people will go, well, come on, going to the wall over fifteen or 20000 My response is, yeah, it's kind of what it represents. And I, I give yeah. young guys credit when they do that. I really do. Totally agree. Mr. Passon, I'm going to let you run. Thanks for this terrific Thank article. Thanks for your time, man. Thank you, boys. Appreciate it. Jeff Passan of ESPN. The article, it's a dying breed and it sucks. The decline of the starting pitcher and what it means for baseball's future. Really good stuff mm-hmm. from Kevin Gossman in there as well. Terrific stuff from Kevin Gossman talking about when he's on the mound. You know, it was five pitches through 50 innings, but here comes yeah, the third be, time through wait, the lineup. Man, no, it'd be interesting to see when they eliminate the shift. The, the, the pitchers have been on vacation for a very long time.
ever ever since they they put the shift in and and made it easier for them to not have to use both sides of the plate. Now you're eliminating that, and the 300 hitter now will matter. You, you'll you'll see guys short enough point. trying to go the other way. Fair point. We'll go find out how good these pitchers are and these organizations are about you know, just figuring out if these guys know how to add and subtract. You're going to have to do that, and and how long of a, longer of a leash they'll have early in games. Mm-hmm. You know what time it is. It's time for Barker's Back Leg Bits. I remember Kevin could rake in the Texas League. Yep. Killed that league. Well, that's what you remember. I, I was that good of a player. That's why I went to had a you know a super long career in the big leagues. No, I'm just kidding. That's a new one. Lance just had to throw that in there. No, yeah. we we played that like three or four different other times. But thanks for paying attention. Oh, I am paying attention. It's always at the uh, end of the show. Mm. Uh, it's Barker's Back Leg Bits. That time of the show where we uh, solicit your questions for kevin barker you can dm me dms are open and the twitter handle is sn jeff blair lots and 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 lots of questions about charlie montoyo uh this week um which is uh intriguing cardassia prime first off i love Bo. he's going to be great however the two cornerstones of the franchise need to be vlad and manoa he says although an in-season trade isn't the way to go I would definitely entertain offers in him. This is Bo in the offseason. It's not feasible to pay all three. Um, and he's saying, you know, the one thing the Jays have in the minors are position players. He's pretty much the only one we can replace. Am I nuts? Um, I a, would not. Uh, a go little, ahead. a little, a little. You, you, well, the first thing you'd have to ask yourself, do you have a better option to play shortstop? Because if they don't make the playoffs this year, man, there's going to be some serious panic and and some serious overhauling about just everything that goes into being a winner in the American League East and the American League, do you really want to be giving up your shortstop? Like shortstops that are good don't grow on trees that can play in the American League East. Ask the Yankees. Now, the Yankees went defensive first because they think defense matters. So I, that, that will be the question. And Santiago Espinal, for me, is not an everyday shortstop. That would be the first thing. But doesn't it? Will I, they end up having to trade Bo? Maybe. Maybe I think you depending know, on how this goes, how it looks. I mean, I think it's not going to be next year or next offseason. Yeah, or this offseason. I I think. Look, we've we we've, we've said from the start, it's going to require some impressive financial maneuvering to sign Bo and Vladdy to long term contracts. I mean, even if both of them, if they have down years this year, don't think that that necessarily means the Jays. It's going to save the Jays any money in the long run. No, it it isn't. Um, I, I find it, you know, I find it odd though, because there are people and you start seeing it in social media as well. There are people kind of wondering and, uh, uh, about, um, you know, what, what moves do you have to make to make this team better? I just, I, and I think in this city, a lot of it comes from the fact that people look at the Leafs, they look at Matthews and Marners, they look at two terrific mm. young players, Matthews, maybe maybe one of the best Leafs of all time and they can't win and people are scratching their heads and going, okay, Matthews, Marner, Vladdy, Bo. A couple of things to remember. There's no salary cap in baseball. Salaries are generally higher. So I wonder if you had a better but, option to move, be able to move Bo down in the order that allows Bo to be Bo, where when Bo's trying to be Bo and I, it doesn't look the way everybody wants it to look, my problem that's with that, the though, question. The, but, the defensive side, well, right now they don't have any other choice but to hit Bo second. They don't yeah, have any other choice. My problem, too, is I don't— You're not hitting Kirk second. Yeah, I don't think we know 
we don't know how far talks with Bo and Vladdy have gotten. We know that there have been talks about long-term contracts. Obviously, nothing's been signed yet, but we just, we don't know how, how far they've gotten. We don't know if progress has been made. We don't know if the Blue Jays know that they can't sign both of them. Like, we just, we, we, we don't know where it is right now. All I do Maybe know, all I do know, all I do know is that, you know, we have people like David Sampson have talked about this. At some point, you got to make a call. At some point, you got to pick one of these two guys. Either you sign them both or you pick one or two of them, and it's got to be done sooner as opposed to later, and it hasn't happened. So, uh, and, I, and I admit, I thought the Jays would have one of them locked up to a long-term contract by now. I thought one of them would have signed one of those Tatis Jr. deals by now. Ooh. I just did. I just Well, maybe did. they see how that's going. Well... I mean, yeah, that that's that's that, that's entirely that that is entirely possible. Uh, grumblings from the cheap seats is with you. So happy to hear Barker say it. The Jays need to sell high in Kirk. What he is now can't be sustainable, and he wants a package stocks- sent. He wants a package sent to the Reds for uh, Louis Castillo and uh, Joey Votto. Uh, which would mean, obviously, the Jays. For the Jays to pick up some money, I would think the Reds might. I have mean, to you, pick have up you some noticed what well. Joey Votto said? And I, I haven't. I, uh, I mean, but that Joey Votto's a thing. Throw in, and you'd have to. If you'd you're have to the Reds, his money. If you're the Reds, you're going to try to get somebody to take Joey Votto's salary off you to trade Luis Castillo. The Blue Jays, would you do that? Depends how much I want Luis Castillo. And give him Kirk and say, play Oscar. I mean, I, I, I don't think, I, why would the Reds want Teoscar? He's a year, he's a year away from free agency. Mark Zanette, do you not see a change in Charlie this last week in the choice of words to the media? I hear a guy who was concerned for himself and is trying to protect himself by not protecting his players anymore, sending a message to management it's about the players, pieces he's it's had. It's not players, it's not players. It's not players. I know for a fact in the last week he has protected a player. I know for a fact. Yeah, we can know. Yeah, okay, I, know for a, I know for a fact. So I, the, 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 we normally, did I say that the right way? I said that the right way, didn't I? Well, let's just, we, we've talked about the, we've talked about Teoscar Hernandez not he's playing one a, game. He's protected a player. But let's just say that the message that was sent out publicly wasn't the message, it wasn't the, the way the clubhouse received the message. Sometimes as a manager, way. you can't always take it for the team. Yeah. You got to tell it like it is. But Maybe I, he's telling it like it is. But I do think Mark's right. Charlie is, when it comes to Kikuchi, as I said, I'm going to say the same thing I said when I start the show. He's got zero you-know-what's left to give with you, say Kikuchi. Would you? Not a chance in hell. <laughs> Not a chance in hell am I standing up for that dude anymore. That's it for us today. We'll be on Blue Jays talk immediately following the Jays game this afternoon. Don't forget, 3.37, 3.37 first pitch. We'll be back tomorrow from 10 to noon Eastern as well. Have a great afternoon. Enjoy the baseball. And uh, if you're around a candle, light it. Talk to you later.